0: It's been a great morning so far. I know it's Memorial Day weekend, but I want to take you back uh, to a Christmas morning, 1990. I was 13 years old, and in your minds, you're probably going back to what your Christmas morning routine would have been uh, back then. But for me, 13 years old means waking up with my brothers and going into the living room to see what gifts we had been given that year. And uh, as usual, we walked in, and I'm sure that we saw a whole lot of gifts in there. I don't remember specifically what was in the living room that year, but I can imagine that there were uh, paper thrown everywhere and boxes unwrapped and just all kinds of joy, and look what I got, and look what's over here. And none of that really, I can't really remember any details until we were just about done, and we looked on the Christmas tree, and uh, we saw a key hanging there. Now, this key wasn't for a car. I was only 13, but this key, uh, we believed, represented a a four-wheeler. And so we look out in the front of the house. There's nothing. We go toward the garage. We open the garage door, and there it is, uh, this four-wheeler right there, this Timberwolf four-wheeler. And me and my brothers, we went crazy. We had so much fun on that thing. We played, and we rode, and we rode, and we rode. And what an incredible gift that was Christmas morning, 1990. And I wonder if you've ever been given a gift like that. We're going to come back to that idea, but just think about maybe one of those gifts that you got along the way that, that just stood out to you that was just an awesome gift. And I think we'll be able to put it all together in just a few minutes. My name is Nick. I'm one of the pastors here at Holland Chapel and I get to close out our series this morning of My Church and I. We have a few more copies of this book. I am a church member. It's the book we've been using kind of as a resource going through this series. there at the Connect Corner when you get ready to leave if you want to pick one up and maybe recap or or catch up and read that book. It's a a wonderful read and in talking about church for the last five weeks, we've learned uh, these principles. I have something to do. In other words, use the talents and gifts that God has given me in the church. There's something for me to do. Uh, I will help bring it together. And here at Holland Chapel, we're experiencing unity like never before, but we have a job, and that is to help bring it together because if we don't strive for unity, we could very quickly lose it. We also learned it's not about me. And we reminded ourselves that preferences can distract us. They can distract us from the main thing. If we come in here thinking about that song that I want to sing or why it looks this way or why I have to sit over here, and then it distracts us from the main thing, which is Jesus. We had a week where we learned to lift up our leaders. And Pastor Luke said, healthy churches have healthy leaders. And what a great week that was. And then uh, to wrap it up, we made the declaration, hopefully all together, that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And we talked about the importance of passing down that faith, passing it down to the next generation. As you think about these weeks and as we've uh, gone through this series, you may have struggled with some of those concepts. You may have, uh, some may seem, seem like a burden or like work or maybe difficult, and you might be confused saying, well, what's the big idea? What's the, what's the big purpose? Why would we spend five weeks talking about the church? The main idea today, I think, will help us understand that and grasp the importance of these. The the subtitle of this book, it says, Discovering the Attitude That Makes the Difference. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And I believe discovering that attitude will not only help us understand and grasp the importance of these topics that we've discussed each week, it's going to help prepare us to be biblical church members. The main idea today is that the church is a gift to be treasured. The church is a gift to be treasured. When we, re- when we view church as a gift from the best gift giver ever, our entire attitude should change. When we look at the church as it is, as uh, uh, this incredible gift, then our attitude about it should change. I was almost nine years old. When I experienced the first loss of a loved one in my family, I don't know when that hit you in your life. But for me, I was about nine years old and I had lost two family members kind of back to back. I had lost a great grandfather and I lost a cousin. And the conversation around my family at that time was that uh, my grandpa and my cousin, they were in heaven. And that became a very common topic, and we talked about it openly. And I knew about heaven, and I knew about Jesus, and I knew many Bible stories growing up in church and going to vacation Bible school and Sunday school. So it kind of made sense, but I had never really put it all together. And see, my grandfather, he had passed away of old age, but my cousin, he had passed away in a house fire. And that quickly became all that I could think about at night. And I would lay there in bed, and I would begin to think, what would happen if I were to die? What were to happen if, if something uh, happened to our house tonight? And one night I was struggling so bad that my parents recognized it, and they came in. And thank the Lord for godly parents that, that, that interrupt that moment and that want to have those spiritual conversations. And on August the 10th, 1986, I placed my faith in Jesus and I received what the Bible calls the peace that passes all understanding. The gift, the incredible gift of salvation that that the Bible speaks of. You know this verse, Ephesians 2 verse 8. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. And I received that gift that night in August, and I had this peace that passes all understanding. I had received salvation, and I became a part of the family of God. You see, when we receive that gift of salvation, other gifts come with it. It's one gift that really unlocks so many more. We become part of the body of Christ. uh, The church. I want to invite you to open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're just going to look at a couple of verses here in this passage. Paul is speaking to the church, speaking to a group of believers, and he's just about to list a a list of uh, positions, a list of gifts in the church, and we're not going to get down to that, but I want us to look at verse 27. with the mindset of having received this gift of salvation and what all it unlocks, what it means, what this gift looks like. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, Paul said, All of you together are Christ's body. Remember, he's talking to people who have placed their faith in Jesus, who have received the gift of salvation. All of you together are Christ's body. And each of you, he says, are a part of it. And he just calls it it, and we wonder what it is. The next verse tells us. Here are some of the parts that God has appointed for the church. Did you catch that? The church is Christ's body. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18 says, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. Now you've probably, even when I began talking about Christmas and gifts you may have uh, thought about that favorite aunt or that favorite uncle, that grandparent that gives the best gifts. Well, Everybody's got one, that, that person that knows exactly what you want, and you think about uh, who, who has given you the best gifts. No one can compare to the gifts that God gives us. And it begins with that gift of salvation and what all comes with it. Check this out. The gift of salvation means the gift of eternal life means the gift of forgiveness for my sins that I don't deserve, means the gift of the Holy Spirit, the comforter that comes alongside us in this life, uh, equals the gift of adoption into the family of God, which means the gift of the church. God is the best gift giver ever. First Timothy chapter 3, the NIV says this, the family of God... Is the church of the living God. In other words, the church is not an obligation. It's not a requirement. It's not a a burden. The church is a gift. It's a gift that we should welcome and that we should treasure. The church is a gift to be treasured. And you might be sitting there this morning and, and thinking, kind of what I was thinking as I prepared this sermon like, hold on a second. We're talking this morning about becoming a part of the body of Christ. But our sermons have been about us being a part of the local church. Remember we talked about do something, bring it together, it's not about me. Well this morning I want us to understand and to realize that that those two are not mutually exclusive. And the fact they go hand in hand. Whatever you might call it, whether you call it the kingdom of God, whether you call it the invisible church, the family of God, the body of Christ, or as Pastor Josh has said many times, Big C Church. Big C Church. The all believers for all time is made up of people who have placed their faith in Jesus. That's the Big C Church, the the kingdom, the, the family of God, the body of Christ. And check this out. Those same people Make up local churches, like Holland Chapel, that evangelize, that train, that equip, that work together to grow the Big C Church. You see, they go hand in hand. They work together. What we're doing here is to try to gain more and more people in the family of God. We want to shout the name of Jesus so that more and more people will put their faith in Jesus and the Big C Church grows. Picture it this way. Think about Amplify. Out here in our backyard, what is that? It's made up of a bunch of local churches, the big C church coming together to shout his name louder and louder. You see, the two can't be separated. So when we talk about being a part of the body of Christ, and we talk about the local church, the two go hand in hand. It took me into adulthood before I understood this, before I figured this out, before it made sense to me. There are some verses on the screen that I hope will help you as they did me. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 22 it says God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church and the church is his body look what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 he's talking about himself he says for I am the least of all the apostles in fact I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church Paul's not talking about how he treated one local church. He's not talking about how he treated that one over there or this one over here. He's talking about how he persecuted all believers. Acts chapter 9 verse 31. The church then had peace throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. And it became stronger as the believers lived in the fear of the Lord. And with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, it also grew in numbers it's not talking about one church having peace. Paul's saying the church throughout Judea and Galilee and Samaria all had peace. All believers. That's the big sea church. But none less important is the little sea, the local church. In fact, the majority of the New Testament is written to and about local churches. The book of Acts alone speaks of the work going on in 20 different places. Speaking about local churches, local bodies of believers. Other books were written directly to the local churches. Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. It goes on and on. Even Revelation has a context of letters to the local church. So the Bible is clear that we are to be connected to a specific church. So the two go hand in hand. Think of it this way. The church, is the, the church is the gift. The local church is how we respond to the giver. The local church is how we respond to the giver of the best gifts ever. Remember my four-wheeler and maybe whatever uh, gift that you are thinking of this morning. What if that Christmas morning, 1990, we would have just left the, the, tree, the key on the Christmas tree. I said, we're good here, Mom and Dad. We, uh, we don't even need to know what that key goes to. Or what if we got the key and went out to the garage and we said, oh, that's, that's really nice, but uh, we were really hoping for a red one. Or what if we took one trip around the block and parked it in the garage and never got on it again? What if me and my brothers constantly argued about whose turn it was to ride it? You've been there before, right? And that probably happened. Or what if we wrote it so hard that parts were falling off and it came back all busted up? In some of those uh, situations, scenarios, parents in the room, we can relate to each of those probably. Why? Because kids are really good at turning a, a great gift into a headache. We've been there and we laugh about it. But think about this. I would say that adults are good at the same thing. How do you think God feels thinking about this gift of the church when we don't participate? When we demand our way? When we abuse the church? When we wreck it? You see, the church is a gift to be treasured. And adults are really good at turning it into a headache. Just like a kid would a a Christmas present. If you've placed your faith in Jesus, you've been given an incredible gift By the best gift giver ever. We should treasure it. Tom Rainier, the author of this book, um, I am a church member, he says, When we receive a gift with true appreciation, we naturally want to respond to the giver. We can relate to that, right? You've been given a gift and you want to respond to the person. Who gave it to you. You want to show your appreciation. You want to honor them. You want to thank them. In my house right now, in, the, uh, in, the, in one room, there's uh, graduation presents all over the floor. Because my daughter is a graduate. And so she's been getting gifts for graduation. And she wants to honor and show appreciation to the givers. And how do you do that with graduation presents? You write thank you notes. So we've got a list going. Who have you written to? Who have you not? Who's on the list? We want to make sure we show appreciation for the gifts. Well, if God has given us this incredible gift to be treasured, how do, we show thank, how do we show thanks to God for this gift of the church? I think there's two really practical ways that we can do that this morning. Number one is to treat it biblically. That's exactly what we've been talking about for the last five weeks. Treat it biblically. Treat the church the way it was meant to be treated. Do your part. Bring it together. Lift up your leaders. This is what we ask all of our new members to commit to in membership class, which is next week. If that's your next step in following Jesus, let us know. Come join us for membership class. We we ask our new members to, to commit to protecting unity, to share responsibility, to participate, to carry out the mission of Holland Chapel, which is helping people find and follow Jesus in here and out there. Treat the church the gift biblically. Our next series, uh, going through First and Second Timothy, it's called Letters to My Son, and Pastor Luke is going to lead us through the books of First and Second Timothy. It's really a, a great next step for us as we come out of this series and into that one. It's going to give us much more biblical teaching on the church. If we want to honor the giver, if we want to show thanks for this incredible gift that's to be treasured, we should treat it biblically. And when we treat that gift... Any, any gift, when you treat it the way it was meant to be, it shows honor. It shows thanks to the giver. The second way that I think that we can show thanks to God for the gift of the church is to appreciate it publicly. Appreciate it publicly. What does this mean? This means talk it up. Make much of it. Share it. I love it when this happens. This has happened a couple of times in the last few weeks where a church member uh, says something, sends a message, sends a a text, or posts something, and they had no idea what sermon was coming. And uh, so this wasn't a very hard illustration to find. Because just last week, these two people uh, posted this on Facebook Uh, Alec Armstrong, he says, I love our church. Brittany Dorsey says, Thank you, Lord, for Holland Chapel. And they're not saying my church is better than yours. They're not saying you should come over here and leave that one behind. They're expressing love for the gift. They're saying I've been given this incredible gift and, and I love it. It's not to be braggy or, or showy. It's, it's to make a declaration. Remember the things that we've talked about in our series, the last one. As for me and my house. Uh, we'll pass that faith on to the next generation. What happens when you appreciate publicly, your love for the church. You're passing that on to the next generation. You're passing that faith on to the next generation. I've been singing this, uh, this chorus all week long, uh, so I apologize to everyone in the office because it's not been a really uh, pretty uh, voice coming out, but I've just had this song on my mind all week. Bill and Gloria Gaither wrote this chorus that says, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. Joint heirs with Jesus as we travel this side, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. The church is a gift to be treasured. I'm thankful for a little church just outside of Batesville called Rosie, Missionary Baptist Church. If you've ever been through Rosie, you'll miss it if you blink. But Rosie Missionary Baptist Church is where my great-grandmother and my grandmother developed a love for the Lord. They used to do all the things that those little country churches do, the homecomings and the dinner on the ground and, and the revivals, and that's where they learned to love the Lord. I'm thankful for a sweet home, Missionary Baptist Church. As Pastor Roger would say, it's in God's country, Grant County, towards Sheridan. my grandma who's on the back row this morning would ride in the buggy to church she'd ride in the buggy and what would they do they would learn about Jesus and she would pass that faith down to the next generation thankful for Crystal Hill Baptist Church up in Little Rock where my mom as a teenager began to grip that pew at a revival She, 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 she couldn't run any longer except for to the front of the church and tell the pastor she needed and make a profession of faith. Thankful for Southwest Missionary Baptist Church, Southwest Little Rock. It's where my dad grew up going to church. What am I saying? I'm saying that all these churches have been a true gift to my family, to be treasured. And I'm actually holding it together quite a bit better than I did in the first service. Because they mean so much. I'm thankful for Holland Chapel, where me and my brothers and my mom and dad sit right over here where Dustin and Courtney are sitting every Sunday. And we sang, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. And we learn to love Jesus. All the while, out in Salem, little community of Salem, Salem Baptist Church, they were training up a little girl named Tiffany Richardson to love the Lord. Calvary Baptist Church in Jonesboro. They welcomed a college kid to town. Didn't know anybody, so they took him to play golf, took him out to eat lunch, made him feel like he was at home. And Then when Tiffany and I got married, this church named Grace Baptist Church in Jonesboro, we wanted to go to church as a couple. and We went across town and found Grace we were building the church and saved a lot of money at that church by hanging sheetrock. We'd come in after work or after class and we'd hang sheetrock. We're actually going there today. We're going to see if it's still standing. I'm not sure if it's still <laughs> not sure how good we did building it. I do remember we drew a trap door on the on the stage for the pastor because it was just uh, plywood and we drew a we drew a trap door there to tell him if he preached too long. Some good times at Grace. Then Holland Chapel came back into our lives. And they trusted a young man with no experience to lead a student ministry 16 years ago. I'm thankful for the incredible gift of the church. I can call myself a child of the king. And my life has been dramatically affected by the church. And yours has too. See, I'm not only thankful for those churches, but I'm thankful for all the churches that have made you who you are today because of the influence that you've had on my life. I'm thankful for the church that taught the Ricketts generosity, the Hansons encouragement, the Gardeners, how to serve the Lord, Simmons and the Culp's how to pray, the Talents compassion, Donald Davis, and that sweet little row of ladies on the back row faithfulness. And I could go on and on and on as I look at the faces across this room. You see, we've been given a gift. If you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you've been given a gift. You're a part of the body of Christ. The church is a gift to be treasured. Treat it biblically. Appreciate it publicly. If you've not received this gift, this gift of salvation... You're missing out on all the others that come with it. And you need to know this morning that God wants you to have it. He's got it all ready for you. I went and visited one of our senior saints, Mr. Tom Honeycutt, a couple of days ago on his birthday. And I was telling him that I'm preaching about the gift of the church, the gift of salvation. And he said this. He said, all you got to do is accept it. So this morning, if you're without that gift, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you've never received that gift that comes from the best gift giver ever. You need to know this morning that we're sinful people and we cannot save ourselves. But God loved us so much, just as the Bible tells us that he sent his son Jesus to this earth to live perfectly so he could be the sacrifice that you and I couldn't be. To die on the cross and then to rise again the third day, which gives us the gift of eternal life. And all you have to do is accept it. And so this morning, if that's you, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. You don't know what you're missing. Make that decision today. If you need some help, you need to talk that through a little bit more. Our friends David and Kathy, myself, will be back there if you need us. And this morning, appreciate the gift. that comes with being a part of the body of Christ. In just a moment, we're going to pray. And what I would love for you to do is I would love for you to spend some time just, just thanking God for how the church has impacted your life. Thank God for the gift and, and ask for forgiveness for when we don't appreciate it, for when we've done our part in messing it up. And this morning, we want to pray a special prayer for other churches in our community that have, uh, are dealing with some loss and going through very difficult times. You see, we want to we mourn with them when they mourn. We want to rejoice with them when they rejoice. Remember, we're all wanting to shout Jesus' name louder and louder so that more and more people could become a part of the family of God. And so when they hurt, we hurt. When they celebrate, we celebrate. So this morning, join me in praying for some of our friends that have just dealt with some terrible circumstances this last week. Thank God for the gift that he's given you. And if you've not received that gift, make today the day that could change your life forever. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the church. May we always be faithful to treasure it. May we treat it the way that you intended us to. And in doing so, give you honor. May we appreciate it publicly so that all could hear so that we could be found faithful in passing down our, that faith to the next, next generation. Lord, I pray for one in this room today that may have tried so many other things to find that peace. I pray that today would be the day that they realize that peace can only come through a relationship with Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray for our friends that are hurting, and I pray that you would bless them, Lord. We don't want Holland Chapel to be the only church in town that grows. We want to see this whole community place their faith in you and become a part of the family of God, a true, incredible, amazing gift that's to be treasured. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.